Hello, everyone, and welcome to Horror Speria. My name is May, and today we have a very special episode. It's a theme chosen by a special guest, and I'm really excited to get into it with them. But first, let me go ahead and introduce them. Here is Josephine. Hi, Josephine. Hi, I'm excited to be on the podcast. Yeah, you look awesome. I, 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 we may, we're going to post a video, but I love your hair. Your hair color is amazing. I just have to say that right off the bat. I appreciate that. I do it myself. So thank you. Looking chic and awesome. Well, today our episode was curated by you and I'm so excited. Technically, you finally have... Uh, how do I say ordained? That's not the word. I don't know words right now, but you have ordained us with the namesake of this podcast. You know, I got the name of the podcast from Suspiria, which is my favorite horror movie, but we have never done an episode on Suspiria. So I'm really excited to talk about it with you today. But the theme for today is, I think the way that you phrased it was dance in horror films. Yeah. Yes. Yes, very good. And I am obsessed with this because I love dance. When I did my master's, it was a master's of fine arts. So I had to do a feature film and I did an experimental narrative on the experience of depression as a young woman. And one way to do that was I, one of my best friends was a choreographer and I literally paid her to do like four different choreographed sequences that were more like horror. Like they definitely came from this like horror aesthetic um, influence for me. So when you said dance and horror films, I was like, ah, I'm so excited. So, um, so maybe let's, can, do you mind talking a little bit about this inspiration for you? Like, where did it come from? Sure. So I um, grew up wanting to be a ballerina. I think like a lot of, you know, AFAB kids did. Um, I loved Angelina Ballerina as a kid. And my parents would not let me sign up for classes. Um, I think they didn't want me. It was very important to them that I didn't have like body image issues growing up. Like they were very careful uh, to give me like gender neutral clothing. I wasn't allowed to watch certain like Disney movies that were about yeah. princes saving people or like enforcing gender norms or very thin princesses. Well, that's good. In yeah, a way. it was. I, in high school, I did start dancing. I'm not, I have like a very basic education in dance and I still do it occasionally, but um. I, as I got into like middle and high school, I started to think about whether I wanted to pursue ballet, um, it kind of as a, a slightly more mature child. And, um, I started immediately running into all of the, not only the body issues, um, that ballet kind of enforces on people, but also, um, the extreme body horror established. I had a friend whose mother had been a ballerina and she used to show us her point shoes with yeah. the blood inside. Oh God. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, that, so that kind of changed my relationship to dance altogether and like pursuing yeah. it in a serious way. And yeah. then I saw Suspiria on like a 12 part YouTube upload in college at some point. Like I came <laughs> yeah. home after the bars, like was just settling in for a movie and someone had illegally uploaded it. And so I watched it in like probably out of order. Yeah. Yeah. People don't understand what it was. like. It was like before 2010 in order. I was explaining to this someone when we were talking about Japanese horror. I don't know if you remember this, but even before YouTube, like there were those very weird streaming sites that like would curate these 
like daily motion and things like that where you had to like watch these underground films broken up into parts people don't realize how wild early streaming was and it was so formative to me like I still chase yes. that experience I watched um Mika Dinagawa's um Helter Skelter which is a about modeling it's a Japanese film about modeling okay. I watched it as an illegal upload with German subtitles on archive.org yeah, like a couple of years ago. And I was like, yes. okay, I could go find this movie, but I'd rather just, you know, I no, bought yeah. it too. Cause I want, I want to throw that money that her way, but um, yeah, it like that experience watching it that way. And like alone in my room at like 2am, you know, in yeah. college, yeah. just the, I mean, the colors drew me in, but also Suspiria is such a, um, you know, a German folklore inspired, yeah. you know, infused story. Yeah. And I, my grandmother's German um, and awesome. I'm trying to learn how to speak. She's fluent. And I'm like, I've been trying to learn how to speak for years, but it's like that immediately drew me in the idea of ballet as this mode of exploring these very kind of feminine subjects, like fairy totally. tales and ballet, I think are really pushed towards girls um, yeah. and they don't have to be, but they, they tend to be. Um, yeah. And I loved the, the infusion of that. I know Argento, we can talk about this, doesn't use ballet as much as the other version of Suspiria. Oh yeah. 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 But you know, I, I love their little jackets and, yeah. you know, her like, you know, trying to do the exercises and like wavering around. I think Suspiria is just one, one of the reasons it's remained my favorites is it's just one of the most beautifully designed horror films of all time. It's just, you know, even the inspiration of the colors sometimes isn't even motivated, but you don't care because it's just like this kaleidoscope of color and limbs and blood and and yeah though you're absolutely right one thing that i was going to bring up is for being a movie about dance the first suspiria has like no dancing and <laughs> yeah i think the only scene is when um she is kind of thrown into the the main character is thrown into the exercises and then like basically faints um which was my experience the first time our teacher i had learned hip hop and modern dance um, uh -huh. before starting on ballet basics, which is kind of backwards, but um, <laughs> they, all of a sudden my teacher was like, one day we had a substitute dance teacher and she was like, we're going to do ballet exercises. And they were like leaps. So it's where you like, you know, yeah. go across the floor and then you leap in the middle. And we had to do those over and over again in lines for like an hour and a half. Oh um, and I felt, you know, I felt what she was, what Susie Banyan was feeling. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no. Uh, dance in and of itself, people don't realize, well, I don't want to say people don't realize because obviously I think a lot of people do realize, but it, for what it does to your body and the way that it is associated with such grace, especially ballet, there is a really large body horror aspect to it if you commit to it. And um, it does, it, you know, it, it is something that you would feel like should be explored a bit more in genre. And so these choices are really interesting. Um, another one that came to mind when we were planning this was like Black Swan. I know not many people think Black Swan's a horror, but... I think it should definitely count as one considering the lengths it goes to. So, um, so yeah, so that's really interesting. I'm really excited to get into it with you. Now, before we go even further, I would love if you would tell people a little bit more about you. So like, you know, what do you do? Um, we met because I was taking part of the Slasher Studies Conference online last year and 
you I, I, I don't think I've ever told you this. You did one of the kindest things that I think anyone has ever done for me where you were like live tweeting my talk. But like not only were you live tweeting it, you were like really engaging with it. And I never get experiences like that. So like as soon as I saw your thread, I like followed you. And ever since, I mean, I love your Twitter account. It's amazing. But, you know, you do a lot other than just tweet really great. So so yeah. So tell us a little bit more about you, please. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Um, I, I do also want to mention, I think you had a comment and I want to like I don't know if this is embarrassing or not, but I think when um, when your talk came up, you had a comment in the beginning where you said something like, oh, I don't have as many accolades as everyone else or something like yeah, that. Because everyone at that conference <laughs> was like a double like doctorate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am my background. I failed out of two bachelor programs. I have a degree now, but I never I was never able to pursue my master's or generous for several reasons. Um, and I, yeah, I failed out of two bachelor programs. I don't have very many academic credits to my name. And so it's always difficult for me to like engage in those spaces because I yeah. don't feel like I belong. You know, I, I, I've yeah. published and things like that, but I've had to like publish on the back end. Like usually I knew the editor was able to kind of slip in under the radar because I yeah. don't have a master's or like any associations. Um, yeah. I do now. So I just started a new job. I work in a publishing department of a museum amazing um, yeah I tend to keep that kind of separate from my other stuff but I, it was, it's been an awesome job I am in charge of rights and reproductions so I do a photo editing um type duties where I'm like finding photos making sure we can use them etc um so that's that fantastic. sounds like a lot of fun it you know it's a lot of work they keep me very yeah. busy which is good but um I, I don't think I was expecting how busy I am every single day um yeah but that's, it is fun. Um, so I have a background in art. I, I do some photography. I used to do um, metal art. So like mostly with recycled objects. Um, I, and then I'm primarily a writer. I, I published a book in 2016 called A Coven in Essex County, which is about, um, it's a prequel to Lovecraft's Innsmouth that challenges his shadow over Innsmouth, sorry. Amazing. His, you know, ideas, especially about gender and um, roles and things like that. Yeah. And then I have a published story called Korka Rusolka that's about a um, Polish folklore. It's it's folk horror. Yeah. Um, and then I do a lot of film criticism kind of on the side. Yeah. So. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm really, I mean, I, again, I love you keep me informed with so many things going on in the world. So I always really appreciate like I love your Batman animated series thread because I actually was like doing the same last year, but I gave up like halfway through. But I loved how like serious you took those plots because I have a lot of the same thoughts about the Poison Ivy storyline. <laughs> we won't get too much into it now. But but yeah, I think um I, I love when people are unafraid to like put their reviews or criticisms online. So I love what you do. Um right. So maybe to begin to transition back to our topic, like horror films, right? Um, what makes them so special for you? I was a kid who grew up terrified of horror films and would not watch them. Amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> until I was like 17, 18, I really didn't. Oh, wow. Not, like not even like kid horror, like Goosebumps was, I tried reading it and was terrified. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. So I've been late comer to horror. I, 
I don't know, something changed. Like I have some traumatic experiences in, in early adulthood that I was into horror right before that. And I think it just kind of bonded for me. I know trauma is kind of an entry point for a lot of people into horror. Yeah, um, and we're talking about that and studying that more and more. Yes. But um, I, you know, I think that for me, it was discovering um, international cinema. I know that's, yes. you know, I, I'm American. I grew up in the Midwest. I'm from, you know, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we have a small film culture that was just kind of exploding around the time I was in high school. Awesome. And all of a sudden, all these theaters started getting all these international things. And then our library system got an influx of international DVDs. Nice. And I started watching like Japanese horror. And that yeah, was just like hello. the moment. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, I look at Amer uh, like American horror films that were coming out, at, you know, in the 90s through 2000s and there's some good stuff, but it was not connecting to me because it wasn't from the perspectives I was interested in. It wasn't dealing with topics I liked. And all yeah. of a sudden I realized, oh, there's literally a whole planet of horror. What were some of your, what are some of your favorites from that time? I mean, audition, um, yeah. it's a little later, but that's like probably. 99. Yeah. 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 Did you ever see happiness of the catacuries? Yes. That is one of my absolute favorite, you know, sort of talking about like music and dance and horror, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so getting more on top of the topic. So these three films, um, why these three films? Like why, what made them stick out for you? Sure. I mean, The Red Shoes, um, I saw a couple of years ago and it is such like a, I mean, it's not, oh, this was another one. It's like not a horror film, but it is such a horrifying, like employer employee relationship. It's, you know, manip manipulation, these two men like fighting over this woman who's just trying to do her thing. It's very expressionistic. And, you know, so like that's the basis of horror. I, I think it could definitely be called a horror, you know. It's, I will, I, I don't know if this is even an argument, but the story that it's based on, like the, um, both Suspiria and Red Shoes have a, um, like a folklore fairy tale background. Yeah. The Red Shoes is probably my favorite, um, fairy tale. And yeah. the one that's written by Hans Christian Andersen is to me very corny. And it ends with like <laughs> an angel saving her, like bringing, you know, ascending her to heaven in the end. And, uh -huh. The version that I heard when I was a kid is like the German version, which is like mm -hmm. ends very bloodily with like somebody's yeah. feet cut off and she dies. She bleeds out. Yeah. And I like I didn't love horror movies as a kid, but like horror fairy tales, like if there was like a nice princess and then something horrible happened, I was into it. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the root of that was, but um, so uh, the Red Shoes is super interesting to me. And I love Suspiria. Suspiria, um, the first film is fantastic. The second one frustrates, like the newer one, the 2018, which apparently isn't a remake, an homage. It frustrates me. It was good, but it frustrates me. Um, I just want, I'm so interested in witch movies, but I'm just so tired of like cis men making them at this point. So when you told me, yeah, let's watch both Suspirias, I literally had to like heavy sigh because I was like, I don't want to revisit the new one because I fell asleep. And then like I woke up in the middle and then I was like, Suspiria is my favorite movie. Even yeah, whatever this version is, I shouldn't want to fall asleep during it. So, but I was like, you know what? Maybe I did too much rush drugs or something like let me go back to this so I genuinely gave this new one a shot two times this week 
and I fell asleep both times. Eventually, I think I <laughs> eventually I think I saw all of it, but I was like, yeah, okay, I've seen enough. We can talk about it. Josephine can can help out with it. But yeah, no, it super frustrates me and I absolutely agree with that as well. I'm like if there needed to be a new version, it shouldn't have been directed by Luca Guadagnino, of all people, who, like, defends Woody Allen and thinks that, like, I, I don't think he likes women, period. It was it was written by um, David Kaganich. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry, I'm, like, terrible at pronunciations today. Um, and it's, like, a like a Slavic name. I should be able to do it. But um, he, so it was written by him and he wanted like a female choreographer to do the yeah. dance sequence sequences. I was doing my research this week and he had like told Luca, like, I want a female choreographer. I don't want any movements in this, in this film that weren't created by a woman. Yeah. And Luca was like, no, and handpicked this. And we can talk Shut about, up. I'm in the new movie. I'm focusing on like what I, my research that I did this week was focusing on like the dance inspirations, which yeah, are all real like, German dance inspirations. But yeah. Um, it was it's so frustrating to read about it because it's like this movie at so many points could have been this like amazing collaboration between you know if it had to be Luca somebody else and I even think I think Luca picked up the rights to this from someone else if I remember correctly so like this movie was going to be made by somebody else and then that fell through and he was like yeah. oop it's mine now I think it's so ugly I think the only interesting part I was awake during one of these parts is like way towards the end um the dance corpse which dance red okay you know what i'm talking about yeah that looks it but it's also just like it whatever yeah okay so so yeah um so specific you were very interested in the way that dance is utilized specifically i guess like what interests you about the way that dance is utilized in these three films yeah um so the red shoes is a very very ballet movie i think more yeah. than the other two like it's it's yeah. straight about they have a ballet sequence in the middle i love it it's like 20 30 minutes of just dance and expressionist visuals and colors and it's really nice and barely any like actual narrative. i mean it's like it's the narrative is you know mirroring what what's happening in the film yes. sort of but it's you know mostly just about the dance um the Red Shoes is fascinating. All three of them are fascinating from a ballet perspective, but the Red Shoes um, cast uh, Moira Shearer, sorry, as Vicky Page, the main ballerina. And from my understanding, this film like changed the trajectory of her career for the worse. Um, really? Yeah. So in the in the Red Shoes, Lermontov is this like ballet impresario, and he's based on a real life guy, but. Um, he like the story that it's based on isn't like as scary and awful as this as a movie and in real life Emmerich Pressburger kind of became this character Lermontov and he chased Moira Shearer for a year after she said no I'm not going to do this Um. until her like prima ballerina the person who was training her was like I'm sick of this like just say yes to him because he can't keep showing up to our performances um Um. So to me, it's like this movie is horrifying in every level. And that's, I mean, it, it's dark, but it's interesting to me because it, it's considered like this absolute masterpiece of Technicolor. Um, right. And I mean, the colors for like comparing it to Suspiria, it's not the same color scheme, obviously, but color yeah. is so important to this one. Yes. Um, and Suspiria, I mean, I Suspiria to me is like, 
ostensibly about ballet, like a ballet movie, but it's, it's not, you know, it's about everything else. Um, which is, it was, I don't really understand why Argento chose ballet. It was just such a strange thing to me. I do think again, that connection between, um, folklore and fairy tales and ballet and being kind of, um, the domain of little girls in a lot of ways. And then maturing that is very interesting. Um, and the new one is actually the 2018 Suspiria is fascinating because of the German expressionist dance influences. Yeah. Um, but that's about all that I found fascinating in that movie. Yeah. Um, to give a little bit more context ish to both versions of Suspiria, um, it is technically also the first entry into a trilogy, right? Have you seen the trilogy? Yes, yes, I have. Mother of Tears is just one of the most insane ass films of all. And I love it so much. But yeah, it's this idea that uh, it's the three mothers, right? These witches that have like these three covens. And um, there's also like this folklore about like there's a head witch, right? And all of the witches um, serve in servants to her um so uh yeah i mean very interesting as well because uh and you can correct me if i'm wrong because i'm no expert but also in ballet there's like the head ballerina right and all of the ballet and, and all of the ballerinas sort of like fall around her right or follow her yeah yeah so um really interesting parallels there between the very nature of ballet and then this idea of like a hierarchical witch coven folklore right what do you make of like this dichotomy right this like very macabre dichotomy with this very beautiful sort of thing like do you think that dichotomy adds to the nature of these films when i think about the use of ballet, like Suspiria is even 1977 is, is a hard one to fold into this because, um, the like extreme physicality of ballet doesn't come through in that one necessarily. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are physical scenes, I think, and, um, the 1977 one is where a woman literally falls into barbed wire. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. So that was an excellent scene, like horrifying, awful, excellent. Yeah. Um, I think 2018 Suspiria really hams that up to like an extreme. Yeah. I'm one scene that always sticks out to me in the new one, and you'll have to help me out because I only remember this in fever dreams, but it's like when one of the I think it's one of the teachers, she's doing a dance alone in the room and her limbs, her joints start to break down. Yeah, I think that's Helga. Um, God, I am like the worst with these people's names. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's actually, a t- uh, it is a student that, and that's actually a great scene. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, it's actually a student who Susie is basically going to replace Dakota Johnson's yeah. character. Yeah. Um, and they are taking her ability to do jumps. Yeah. Um, and one thing I wanted to touch on is, you know, they're stealing this physically stealing this woman's ability to do jumps and transferring it to Susie. Yeah. And later you yeah. found out that they like kept her alive and like twisted for, yeah. you know, the entirety of the film. But um, the the dance that they are ostensibly um, training for is actually 
Les Medusées, which is the, uh, the, the dance in the film is called Volk, but it's a real dance that was created by um, Jalet, who's the choreographer for this film. And she's supposed to be training for this very specific, very famous dance that was performed in the Louvre um, in real life. But it's very, very earthbound. Like they're stealing this woman's, you know, they're doing this horrifying body horror scene where they're stealing her ability to jump. But in the actual performance, she doesn't really do very many jumps like it's very that and then um there's also a lot of influence by mary wigman's hexentons hexentons sorry witch dance and all both of those are like completely on the ground so i don't even understand like that scene was so interesting and so gross and like very good body horror but it doesn't actually play into the plot or like the point they're making at all yeah you know you maybe think more about this idea of like the genesis between both suspirias and i think you know, the idea of femininity was very central to the, I mean, there's barely a man, right, in the original Suspiria. And, um, you know, Argento also, like, deeply believes in witches and, like, took this, um, took this synopsis very seriously and, and also co-wrote and developed this film with a woman, with uh, Daria Nicolodi. I'm probably saying that wrong, but um, but with the new Suspiria, so I did a quick fact check, and you're absolutely right. Originally, David Gordon Green was supposed to do uh, the remake, which should have been. So he said, I, I have a quote from him. He said that he was a huge fan of the original film and that he, quote, I love Argento's film, and we wrote a very faithful, extremely elegant opera. I don't mean musical opera, but it would be incredibly heightened music and heightened and very operatic and elegant sets, end quote. I'm so mad that that didn't happen. <laughs> um, and apparently Luca directly appealed to Dario and Daria to make the film, which is hilarious because I don't know if you know this, you probably do, but Dario detests the new Suspiria. He thinks it's like shit ass awful. And that he said, I think he said something like Luca had no idea what he was making and he doesn't consider the new Suspiria a form of Suspiria at all. And I think it's because a lot of that understanding of the femininity. And as you said there, I mean, there's not even, there doesn't even seem to be a female creative um, attached to all of the above the line behind the scenes credits. And I think it shows. And and that example that you gave about the body horror, but how the stakes of the very body horror don't translate due to the um the the very lore that the film is trying to carry out. Like you say, it's very frustrating, right? Yeah, and it shows a real disconnect between um even the fact that Luca so Luca saw La Maduset, um, Jalet, which was Jalet's ballet at the Louvre. Uh -huh. And was like, um, that was a lot of very similar sounding syllables, but um, he, he saw it and was like, this is who I want. And yeah. in the meantime, his writer was writing a, a script that was meant to be very collaborative with a woman choreographer. And he had like left parts and kind of briefly described and kind of filled in like, okay, we're going to have like, you know, whoever it is fill in here. And then Luca was just like, Nope, I'm bringing in this choreographer. This choreographer ostensibly had never met the writer. And now they're supposed to create this film together. And it's, 
it's so frustrating uh, it's to funny see this because collaborative he, process cut down. Yeah, and he says that Suspiria is his most personal film. Like, bitch, what? <laughs> Who like well, whose experience? I mean, I don't you know, I don't know if Luca's gonna tell us something in the future, but like who's yeah. this is um have you seen the movie Hagazusa? which is no. a German. Oh no, but I've heard of it. Yes, yes, yes. So it's a German witch movie by yeah. a, another dude. And he's like a German dude. Yeah. And he was like, he also said, this is a very personal movie. And it's apparently about how his mother like believed in witches as a kid and told him this story. And in the, throughout the film, the main character who's a witch gets like raped a whole bunch and like just oh, abused why? and like, <laughs> It's terrible. And then she like does a bunch of drugs and kills a baby. It's like, sorry to spoil it, but like, it's awful. Um, Yeah. So, so it's like, I'm sick of these, like, okay, I'm, you know, my grandmother's German. I, Suspiria, the original film was set in the Black Forest, which is where my family is partially from. And we aren't like super keyed into the, the pagan side of our family, but that, that's still there. And I still wouldn't make a movie even as like a femme that's like, This is my personal experience about my, you know, my like, you know, me growing up. I, I don't know. Like, did Luca grow up in a small town in Iowa and like a Mennonite, oh you know, God. faction? Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> well, you know, one thing to that we keep like bringing up is this German side, right? Both of these are set in Berlin. Now, one thing that I do think is a bit more grounded in the new film um, is the fact that it occurred i mean it occurs still in 1977 berlin which is interesting right like he didn't necessarily update it but he really seems to want to foreground it in the divided nature of like you know politics and nationalism are very are, are very embedded into the new version whereas that wasn't involved at all i mean one thing to for those that may not have seen both films or know this the original suspiria is 70 minutes long the new one is literally two hours and 40 minutes (laughs) so like it's it's bloated with a lot of other things um do you think the I think the only word coming to mind is like sensationalization. Do you think the sensationalization of setting works more in the new Suspiria? Um, Or is it like another distraction? Or can we talk maybe a little bit about that? So I found the politics in the new Suspiria fascinating. Um, I know that Kaganich, when he was writing the script, did a lot of work researching the period and researching art from the period and politics. Um, and Chalet did a ton, um, especially pulling from um, German choreographers. He had, I actually pulled this quote up earlier. Mary Wigman had a piece called Hex and Taunts, which I think I referenced earlier, that is a very clear um, reference point for the movie. It's, it's about, um, she was a, a very famous German modern dancer. Um, and Joseph Goebbels saw a, so the, the Nazi Joseph yeah, Goebbels yeah. saw a performance of hers and said, dance must be cheerful and show beautiful female bodies and have nothing to do with philosophy. And then mm. released the rules about like what German art can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the idea of the dance in this film and, and Tilda Swinton's character um, as, as Blanc, as Madame Blanc, has a fantastic line that I'm not quite remembering to Dakota Johnson's character where she says, you know, this Volk, this dance came out of a very important period that if you weren't here, you probably don't understand it. And right. it was about going against the state and existing as 
um, not only women, but also just um, this this art that shouldn't have been state, you know, controlled by the Nazis, essentially, is what she's talking about. And then right. later, um, the invaders. So it's, um, I think the politics of this film are fascinating. I don't think, I wish that they had brought in a German creator of any, yeah. you know, because I don't think any... Jale is definitely not German. Luca is definitely not German. Um, yeah. Kiganich, I assume isn't, but I have no, I don't know what his background is. Um, but yeah. it, it's frustrating to me because it's like they did do all these reference points and they they didn't even film it in Germany. I'm pretty sure they filmed it in Italy. Yeah. So it was just like I I I love that they included that. But as someone, um, my and my family was here um in like the 1910s, like in the United States. So I we're, we weren't there for this long period of history, but I did have rel- I do have like you know, extended relatives that were there. And there's such complicated things going on there that I wish we'd had a German perspective on it. No, yeah. Um, have you been to Germany? No, not yet. I just went this past year. And I, I mean, I love Germany. I love German culture. I speak German. Um, it's just one of these things that have always fascinated me. But I can't agree more because when I went to Germany, you know, sounding like an ignorant American. I remember when I, I when I got off of the plane to Berlin, I'm about to tell on myself, but I, I was like, hmm, it's not shiny here. <laughs> I was like, why was I expecting Vegas? And so then like after a few days, you know, of like walking around and whatnot, I was like, oh, wow, division is still like very much embedded in the culture here. And I mean, to be fair, like, of course it is. I mean, technically, that was only about like 40 years ago, which isn't that long in modern history at all. But also like one thing that a lot of my friends were explaining to me is it's not like there was reintegration. It was more like Western Germany took over Eastern Germany and would sometimes even just stay out of certain pockets of Eastern Germany. And like you see it in the architecture, you see it in the culture and, and social relations. And I agree with you completely. I think, um, you know, I think it's obviously there's a lot more talk about this when there's more like cross-cultural appropriation along racial lines. But like, I also had this feeling about things like Midsummer, where it's like, you know, these white folks taking on European cultural um, concepts and sort of like bastardizing them and being like, yeah, well, you know, it's a new thing. And it's like, yeah, but like, why not actually involve people of that culture to actually make it, you know, more authentic, more interesting, because they have unique perspectives, too, and they deserve to be represented rather than, you know, this imperial American, um, even though, you know, Luca's Italian, but this, I think, especially with American filmmakers, this is common, this imperial American impulse just to be like, well, we can do a version of it and it'll be a hit. Yeah, it'll be a hit. But like, so what? You know, <laughs> I hate it personally. Yeah. And I, I thought also, um, in Suspiria in particular, they kind of dance around. I know it wasn't about like Nazism and not everything has to be about Nazism, but they just yeah. kind of dance around like because some of what they're talking about is um, is, you know, the history of Nazism in that city. Right. And I wish like a German f- filmmaker, I think, would have 
handled it differently and maybe been a little more like German identity is so complicated. I'm also, I'm half Polish. So like talking about like amazing complicated, (laughs) you know, Yeah, but it's just like, it's, it's so complicated. And the relationship to that is so interesting, but also very firm. Like they're, you know, they will talk about it. It's not like they don't teach it, you know? So the the way they danced around, it was just a little bizarre and like the histories of it, especially making um, the psychologist, uh, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah, Psychiatrist, whatever, more of a um, character and having his whole backstory with his wife disappearing. Right. Um, You know, why did she disappear? What was going on? You know, like there. And that weird epilogue too. Yes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I did, especially there's the line in that film where um, he gets accused of having, you know, having told uh, Chloe Moretz's character how she was feeling and that she was crazy. And then they like completely redeem him and give him this like kind of out. And it was so bizarre. So bizarre to me. It is bizarre. Um, Even though he's played by Tilda Swinton, but. Yeah, which, you know, props to Tilda Swinton for that. Maybe I. I may, I may have asked like a version of this, but maybe let me be more direct. What do you think are like the most horrifying aspects of these films? Do you think they have to deal with the dance themselves or is it different? Let's talk maybe a little bit about that. Certainly. Um, well, since we're kind of on the new one, I think the new Suspiria, the body horror is just exquisite. Like yeah. I, I wish it had been more directly related to what was actually happening narratively right. on screen. Yeah. Um, but amazing, scary. I like, I, I rewatched that film um, in preparation for this and I could not like keep my eyes on the screen during the scene with like the twisting bodies and the, and later the yeah. hooks, they added the hooks in this uh, version. Yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> bizarre, but like, you know, fantastically done though. Like fantastic, yeah. very scary. I wish that that had been folded in more directly because I think the film overall would have been more successful, more interesting. Um, yeah. The original one, I mean, the all the facial expressions. I know there's like a lot of scary stuff happening in that film, but there's a lot of like clutching the wall and like, you know, know abject horror. And it's so it's effective. And I mean, Goblin soundtrack, like. Oh, yeah. I was actually going to ask because I don't know how I feel about this. Who, Who do you think has a better score for the Suspirias? I, I mean, I, the new one is good for like, I think it fits the film very well. It like does it's very fit interesting, the film. does fit yeah. the film. But the, I mean, the, I forgot, shame on me, I forgot how good the 1977 one is. It's so iconic. Like you could just put it on disco ball, put, yeah, be like, call up the dealers, be like, let's go. Um, Yeah, no, I love the original one so much, but I actually own, this is, a surprise but i own the the new one on vinyl it's like bubblegum pink but um but yeah it's a different mood i mean it's definitely somber i feel like the new suspiria is just like also such a drag whereas i feel whereas i feel like the the first one is i mean i put it on i'm happy but i don't know <laughs> yeah no i think i think you're right i um well i'm ready to like i i like when the when I'm ready to like remember like being high at my first metal show like I know it's not metal but you know I'm like I'm like getting those vibes I'm like yes right. like, this is you know the, I can feel the bass and the yeah um you know in the room I yeah. and then the red shoes as far as horror I mean the relationships in that are horrifying all of it um yeah. I mean like, the ending right I I hate that she like I think it's more horrifying that she like wasn't dead because she she jumps 
to her death because she can't handle being torn between the, her once and these two men. Yeah. And then her husband is like, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, it's okay if you choose me, it's fine. And she's like, okay. And she's gory and bloody. I don't know that. I is bleeding to death on a stretcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole, like the relationships in that film, but to me, if her husband is like just as horrifying yeah. a person as um, Lermontov. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I definitely feel like the red shoes is about like owning women you yes. know, and owning their power. Whereas, in different ways too, sexually yeah. versus their, because I don't think that, I don't believe that Lermontov was like actually romantically attached to her. If he was, he didn't believe that. Um, yeah. So yeah, like they're her labor, you know, to get like leftist about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, whereas even with the new Suspiria, which I dislike, um, you know, I can definitely see where it's more, I mean, it's more about all of these different versions of femininity, right? Both of those versions and, and these competing versions of women and the ultimate mother, right? Um, which in and of itself is like really interesting. Now, I wanted to ask about, um, so like for you, the thing that was tying these three films together was the very specific form of ballet right yes and the and yeah. kind of the fairy tale references yeah i yeah. guess the new one not so much but you know yeah no fair uh, yeah fair enough but um yeah so that reminds me i it makes me want to think of like other things with genre and ballet and i was actually thinking of like genre and dance and something that came up um, well, first off, I love Jessica Harper, mainly because of Suspiria. But have you ever seen Phantom of the Paradise? Yes. Yeah, I love her in that. I absolutely love her in that. So I was thinking of things like that. But, you know, um, speaking of, of ballet and genre, I my favorite movie is Donnie Darko. And, um, you know, how uh, Sparkle Motion, right, is incorporated into that. Um, yeah, but, like, the idea of ballet to me is, like, very fantastical and very feminine. But it's also just, like, hard to even incorporate into films, I feel, because it is so specialized, right? And films are known for, like, really long hours and whatnot. And I imagine it's just, like, very physically demanding to try and coordinate um, talent at that level for things like that. I was just trying to think of other, like, little dichotomies. It's it's something that I wish was played around with more, especially because, um, I mean, I just think it's so beautiful to, like dance amidst these very macabre images I don't know I guess that's my intersection that I'm interested in <laughs> I love that and actually um this is a kind of a nice tie into another piece of politics I meant to talk about with Please. the new Suspiria but so in the red shoes when they introduce um Vicky Page she's going to be this amazing new ballerina she's on her way to being prima ballerina so the top ballerina yeah. Yeah. um they put on a production of Giselle which is a, a ballet I'm obsessed with um awesome it's it, it I I made an argument in um a horror magazine that has since gone out of print. I'm, I'm going to be posting that essay this week, but it's about Giselle as a slasher. Um, it, the story nice. opens with a bunch of teenagers making out partying. Um, somebody falls in love, gets hurt, 
kills herself and oh, then no. um she comes back as a ghost and then nice. d- dances all these men to death um awesome so fantastic very ghostly i mean the whole play the the pinnacle of it are at least a dozen ballerinas in veils and these full white tutus doing the same movements and then killing these men um so it's a fantastic piece of horror that is i believe it's the only romantic ballet that's still performed um, awesome. And I saw it at the Joffrey Ballet here, but it it shows up in the red shoes, and it's a it's a um, a French ballet, I believe. Somebody's gonna correct me at some point, but um, this very classical ballet. And in the new Suspiria, um, they are talking about German expressionist dance. Like you really don't get a classical ballet feel at all. Right. Um, and it's weird to me because Madame Blanc. Um, and German Expressions Ballet was really pushing away from the French schooling and the idea that France was the, the pinnacle of ballet right. um, and that we should be having these very narrative, very beautiful, very fantastical ballets. Right. Um, but in the film, when Madame Blanc is having her very like lesbian relationship with uh, with Susie, she they start speaking in French, I'm pretty sure. And it was such a yeah. weird departure to me. I know that Blanc, I think she's supposed to be French. I'm not really sure, but it was such a weird way to like, include this like random like okay well ballet is french so we're going to speak in french but it was this very supposed to be this very german expression of the dance form so i was it was such a weird like little piece of politics that seemed out of place and seemed like if they had brought on you know someone else they would have been able to like maybe we shouldn't have them speak french like that doesn't make sense yeah no um color me unsurprised i guess um no um so actually, when you were talking about Giselle, that reminds me of something I wanted to ask you is, do you feel like there are any ballets that could count as horror? Oh, my God, there is. Uh, I wish I'm trying to remember who it is. There is someone who I am associated with who I know who is doing like goth ballet as her thesis. Like oh, amazing. Ballet. I love it. Yeah, I will. I'll try to find her. I'll try to figure out which person that is. Um, I don't want to guess, but uh, right now, but um, so gothic ballet is definitely like as in gothic stories um, right, that have horror right. elements. I think Giselle, I read as a straight horror. I think there is, I mean, the Milwaukee ballet a couple of years ago did Dracula ballet. Amazing. Um, okay. Yeah. So ballet, like, um adaptations of of movies and and books are very popular right now it's a big thing i don't love those i think dracula is fantastic but um i don't like right now the joffrey is doing like of mice and men and i don't really have interest in seeing that as a dance sorry joffrey but um (laughs) but yeah there are certainly ballets i mean giselle is like the big one that's the one i've studied the most um i would love to dig into it more but definitely there's um ballet cu- turning in like the 19th century into being about folklore and fairy tales they certainly went for the creepier ones because i think they fit with the traditional tutu a little bit more you get a lot of ghosts a lot of sylphs a lot of women like telling men to come here and then offing them um so a lot of like the monstrous feminine really hell yeah yeah i love that um yeah no i absolutely love that i mean to be well no i don't think the red shoes would would count as monstrous feminine but definitely suspiria does Um, yeah i think uh maitland mcdowd makes that uh argument in a book or something i read this week really nice okay i'll have to go find it um right so a few things i will well actually no i want to mention or i want to ask one thing about or, or an opinion or whatnot um 
do you have like an idea as to like uh for a film and probably a horror film but doesn't necessarily have to be a horror film like do you ever have an idea as to how like genre and ballet could be fused in a hypothetical film like do you have any wide wishes for things like this um I want to see I I will say I'm a little bit biased because there are there's a film coming there's a a documentary coming out that's about the body horror in ballet um oh really I wish I should have like prepared all of these like like, references (laughs) I want to see that it's I think it's going to be on shutter I assume um but so like I want to see a film that deals with the extreme body horror and the way that Black Swan sort of did. I mean, a lot of it was like her self-inflicted. Um, I don't think yeah. it deals as directly with how hard, challenging. I remember is. the scene in the bathtub, right, where she's like yeah. pulling. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was gross. But like the, the the dance form itself is incredibly painful, especially for female ballerinas. Um, and. I want something that incorporates that, but gets into like the dreamlike sequences of the red shoes. Um, yeah. Because I, I really do think that ballet and the, the history of it as a romantic um, genre or something, as in like the time period, it yeah. really took a turn in the romantic era and turned into something new and something different and kind of hasn't left that. Right. And I would love to see something that incorporates like, you know, the feeling of the original Suspiria, but with these dreamlike sequences that very directly relate to ballet itself. Right. Um, you know, and not just like as a dressing, like actually about the core of the challenges. Um, yeah. And I also, there's, I was going to mention, um, there's a huge reckoning right now in the ballet world of um, women, co- women coming forward, primarily women, about um, widespread sexual abuse and right. like grooming and targeting of, of young ballerinas in particular and it that's another reason Suspiria 2018 makes me so angry because if they had brought on you know a woman choreographer um it would have you know brought some presence to that to that movement I think and I would love to see a film that kind of deals directly with that as well yeah yeah I I agree I think there's a lot to be to be I right I I am reading I've been very slowly reading a book called The House on the Lagoon that deals with like this grooming of, you know, trained ballerina instructors and, you know, very young because ideally ballerinas, they have to start very young. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of training, a lot of pain, as you say. And and yeah, I always um, like I say, I always kind of like want like this big beautiful it could be like a very poetic as you said very dreamy kind of like i i also totally agree with you like the the folkloric aspects related to ballet culture also make it so timeless in many different ways and there's so many you know there's so many different folklores you could experiment with so many different um incorporations of dance as well uh, combined with ballet so so yeah i agree with you we'll hopefully we'll we'll pitch something one day um one thing i wanted to mention that 
we spoke about very briefly, mainly because I was confused. But the first Red Shoes that I saw was a Korean film. I saw it before YouTube. I, so I would I used to watch films on AsianHorrorMovies.com. And the Red Shoes was one of them. It came out in 2005. And I actually strongly recommend it. I, um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily as poetic as any of these three films even new suspiria i can tell was trying to do the whole like i said there's like a seven minute sequence where there's just titties dancing and, and red cloth everywhere um but it is still really beautiful but it definitely does like embody the very horror of the original fairy tale like these shoes kept keep getting passed around that cuts off the feet of these of these women so i'm um, sorry strongly recommend it i think it's a it, it's underrated um i don't think it necessarily like changes the wheel or anything but i i remember that that used to be one that was one of my very first horror films that i saw and i remember just thinking oh my goodness this mixture of like dance and like you know, very upfront gore, but also like this Korean sensibility it has to do with like the breakdown of the nuclear family as well. Um, and so that is my only input here is that I, I, if no one has seen uh, the 2005 version of the Red Shoes from South Korea, um, I strongly recommend it. It's it's directed by Kim Young Young. Yeah, I when I was when you told me that today, I was like reading up on it. It looks fantastic. And it's very clearly, I think, influenced by the original, the Hans it, Hans Christian Andersen made that story famous, the red shoes, but yeah. very clearly, um, but there are better versions, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you remember the last film with dance that you saw that you really liked? Uh I you know, I, I honestly, I rewatched the red shoes like, like two days ago. Um, yeah. so that was great. Um, I don't know. I feel like I haven't watched nearly enough yeah. dance movies, yeah. um, which is unfortunate. I I've yeah. watched a couple, I know you mentioned Donnie Darko. Um, I've been watching the second season of dead, dead to me okay. on Netflix. And there is her, the, one of the character's sons is in a, um, like a Christian choral rock group who okay. does like a lot. They do, they do kind of the same, like, like choreographed things. And it's very corny and hilarious and horrifying in its own way. They do um, Christian covers of pop songs. Um, and like, okay. a, you know, <laughs> uh, they do sign sealed delivered and then replace all the words with like Jesus. Um, oh, and it is God. like <laughs> horrifying in its own way. Yeah. Um, so I've been thinking about that a lot and those scenes a lot. Yeah, I recently, every 420, I rewatched the 1954 version of A Star is Born. And I, uh, you know, I don't think people realize, like, what... I mean, I know some people realize this, but I think as time passes, it's the legend is getting lost. But just seeing everything that judy garland goes through in that film i'm like i want to make a horror movie about her experience doing this because it's so fantastic but when you think of the labor um back then that she you know everything that she went through for that film i'm like there's a horror movie here somewhere <laughs> it's somewhere around here <laughs> 
I was going to mention, so I'm going to look up the name of the person right now, but there was a, um, there is a musician who did a documentary, like a, an album dedicated to uh, Moira Shearer in the Red oh, Shoes nice. and really? her decision to like what her career was like before doing this movie and after. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it deals directly with the fact that like she was essentially stalked by Emmerich Pressburger. Oh my God, that's awful. Yeah, okay, maybe it's like a short. It's called, it's by Steve Exeter. But um, I know there is an album associated with it. So this is like a, a kind of a piece of real life horror attached to that movie. Um, yeah, and I don't know, what a horrifying, like she she basically gave up her career to film this film and then was presumably, I mean, as far as I understand it, Emmerich Pressburger was like horrible to work for. Um, so presumably it was pushed, like the Kubrick of his day, except he also just stalked actresses. So, um, you know, what a little horrifying piece of backstory to this. No, yeah. And um, and I mean, one thing that we haven't explicitly said for those of for people that are listening that may not know when this film was released, it was released in 1948. And one thing that I will say, though, is that, I mean, not that films from obviously not that films from the 40s were like necessarily budget or anything but watching this film it is so rich and it is so detailed there's so many things in it but keeping the year in mind you know that technology and and resources in and of themselves weren't even at the height at, as they were in the 50s and 60s and film industries and filmmaking circles. So you know that the labor to get these very fantastical, um, heavily choreographed, um, very creative, um, you know, shots and scenes had to have had a toll and to know that, you know, it, it, it was also inflicted upon the jewel of the film who's also abused in the fictional world i mean i was having this talk with someone the other day about how like especially being uh female spectators and loving films and researchers it's always like sometimes i struggle with like knowing the line of content and um content and endorsement obviously i don't think if you film something it's necessarily that you endorse it but you you're putting someone through that um through that process through that labor and it you can call it acting you could call it whatever but you're still putting someone through that labor to a certain extent i always feel like there's this very bizarre and weird line of responsibility that male creators especially don't um, extend towards female, um, you know, objects of study and, 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 uh, uh, God and display, right. It's like, oh, women are for exhibition and whatnot. And, um, and it can, and it definitely feels weird, especially when things are involved with dance, because it is kind of a really predatory, um, culture in many many ways so um so yeah it's 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 complicated to say the least definitely i think with the red shoes in particular as well everyone on screen except for like 
two of the male actors were also actual ballerinas. Um, they like yeah. cast from actual ballets um, yeah. and ballet companies. And yeah. to me, that's, you know, their theory was, oh, we won't have to teach actresses to dance. So this is great. That's what they said to everyone. But to me, yeah. it's like, you're kind of um, picking people who are used to being worked to the bone to get, you know, exactly the shot you want and they can do it over and over again. So I wonder how much, you know, physical abuse of their time and like these yeah. scenes were being taken as well um and i mean the character in the film um, lubov who is the teacher uh he yeah. is a real life ballerina or ballet dancer um leonidas massini and he is like abusing these girls throughout the entire yeah. film he's like if you think you're good enough you're not he says like horrible things to them um and i um it, br it brought to mind for me i have uh, several friends who are dancers, um, many of them still professionally dancers. Um, one of them has my friend Jaslyn Dowdy has, I think, two master's degrees. Um, nice. And but like hearing their stories about auditions and especially like dance school auditions, I know several people who were turned down from Juilliard yeah. with comments like, you know, at 17 years old, your thighs are too big. You know, like you're an excellent dancer, but your thighs are just too big it yeah. won't fit like the aesthetic of a ballerina. So no, yeah. or like you're, you know, I have friends who like their butts were too big, their breasts were too big. And these are like, yeah. you, you can't really change that. Right. Yeah. Um, so horrifying to like hear that constantly and then also be put on display um, yeah. in yeah. a production like this. No, yeah, I really appreciate you choosing this theme for this episode, because as like, it's exciting to talk about like dance sequences and how it, it's incorporated with femininity. But I also think um, the very nature of dance relates to a real life horror, body horror, as you say, that um, is a bit under discussed in genre. And, um, and there could be a lot of creativity, especially if underrepresented filmmakers and creators are involved in collaboration processes to create something new, like when we were talking about what we hope to see. But um, but for the fact of the matter, even as recent as 2018, you know, we see how um, men in the film industry and genre industries want to recapitulate these um these very feminine concepts in their personal vision, whatever that means. So, um, so really fascinating look into a bit of a niche. So I want to thank you so much for helping elucidate some things for me and for everyone else. Yeah, of course. It was awesome to do this. Um, and if I can just add on to that really quick too. The, yeah, please. The idea of, especially in the new Suspiria, like, um, yeah you know, men kind of pushing this, it's not even just men to me. I mean, Jale, the choreographer is obviously a, you know, a, a dancer, yeah. but the other two men in that production are not associated with dance at all. They were just kind of vis visually interested in it. It seemed like, yeah. and even the inclusion of like that very French ballet background, or even it, honestly, I feel like the Suspiria film didn't have to be a ballet film. The new one, it, didn't, it could no. have been like a dance, you know, any kind of dance film. Yeah. And I, I mentioned my friend Jaslyn Gowdy before, and she really deals with, um, the ballet as like the traditional classical French ballet being taught as um, as the beginning and kind yeah. of end of dance. Like this is the basic, mm. all the basics should be drawn from this and really fighting that. Um, yeah. And I feel like if this had had, if those movies had had different perspectives, we could have explored why is that the basis or like, why are you including this? Um, totally. So yeah, I'd like to see more films that deal with that too. 
like yeah. other kinds of dance because dance is this very rich field with yeah. so many different you know schools that yeah. did directly influence each other yeah I think of things like something that just came to mind is the Panamanian film Diablo Rojo Party which is just like ridiculous and amazing and there's like this indigenous uh, dance sequence uh, that like calls up the gods in the middle of it. It's just very bizarre and very camp, but it's very creative and fun. And um, and yeah, I can't agree more. Dance is camp. Horror is camp. Let's let's have more dance and also more talks about dance culture and genre. I think it would be great. I love yeah. Dance is camp. Is good. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining uh, me, Josephine. I am so thrilled to have talked about this without with you. And I hope that you come back and teach me more another day. I would love to. Thanks so much for having me. 